Welcome to the Expanded By Podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea. I'm a business mentor, brain rewiring certified coach, and soon to be 7D, a high energy healer. On this podcast, we're going to be talking about all things business growth, spirituality, brain rewiring, mindset, energetics, and so much more. You can connect further with me on Instagram at Expand with Chelsea and on YouTube at Expand with Chelsea. I am so excited that you're here. I hope you leave today feeling expanded by what we talk about. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. Today's episode is going to be a special Q&A episode. Something that I heard from one of my mentors has really stuck with me lately and this is on the topic of being a projector in human design. So my strategy in human design is to wait for the invitation, which, okay, not gonna lie, sounds like, and sometimes it feels really disempowering, like, oh, I'm just supposed to like wait until people want me to do something and then I do it. Like, I don't wanna wait around. But the way that she actually phrased it was, you need to make sure that you are creating invitations for yourself. And I was like, oh my God, okay, that makes so much sense. So, when I was a little bit struggling to think of a podcast episode topic, which happens every once in a while for this week, I was like, I should send out an invitation for Q&As to then create invitations for me to talk about these subjects. So if you are a projector in human design or a generator in human design where your strategy is to respond, are you actually creating things for you to respond to or are you just expecting to respond to things and you're not taking action? So that was like big for me as I started to realize like, holy shit, I actually need to like create scenarios and environments where invitations can freely flow my way. So voila, there we have it, today's podcast episode. So I'll be answering questions ranging, honestly, like a lot of different topics. Uh, And I think it's going to be really fun. I'm going to be talking about how I got my tattoos, how I got Ollie, which is actually a really funny story. I'm going to be talking about work-life balance, what a day in my life looks like, and I'm going to be doing a follow-up. So a part two, I actually got a ton of questions. So I'll be doing a part two in a couple of weeks. So some updates before we go ahead and dive into the show. So if you have been on the fence about Amplify, this is my four-week live launch course teaching you how to launch that is happening in the month of April. We have a call every Wednesday in April. This is going to be one of your last chances to join. Enrollment is going to be closing down on Tuesday the 4th and we get started on the 5th. You definitely don't need to be present for the calls. Everything is going to be recorded and uploaded into the platform within 24 hours of it happening, including any worksheets, handouts, templates, calendars, all of that stuff will be included. We have four different weeks and topics together. The first week is going to be a launch planning party. So I'm gonna be giving you the entire overview of the launch process. If you are somebody that really needs to see the bigger picture before you dive into something, this is going to be so helpful for you. I'm gonna be going over all things, masterclasses, wait lists, discounts, if you should create a freebie, and I'll be providing the templates and the calendars, and you just get to fill in for your next launch. Be sure to bring your markers, highlighters, planner. It's going to be super, super fun. The second call, we are going to be talking about the concept of touch points. This is like 
I cannot think of a single concept that has changed the game more for me than touch points. So touch points are anything that you're doing for your launch, whether that is getting on Instagram stories, creating a post, creating a reel, writing an email, recording a podcast episode. This would count as a touch point for me for Amplify because I'm talking about it on the podcast. So we're talking about touch points and how you can actually use these in your next launch to tell your brain, I have done enough. It also gives you a very tangible goal to hit every single day and or week inside your launch so that you know what works for you and you know what doesn't. If you are somebody that at the end of a launch or the end of the day, you kind of question if you've done enough or not, touch points are a really great way to actually tell your brain like, yes, we have worked enough. And if you can't ever measure something, it is really hard to know if you've done enough or not. So touch points helps you give a number to something that was previously intangible. So I'm going to be teaching you how to create a range for yourself. And this is going to help you feel more successful and you're able to tick boxes during your launch. The third call is going to be talking about your unique energy flow. So this is going to be incorporating human design into it as well. And what we're really going to be doing during this call is finding your minimum effective dose for working. So as an entrepreneur, you know at this point that it is a never-ending to-do list. It is not just like, okay, great, tick that off and now I can just like go do other things and like I can completely disconnect and like I don't have to come back to it for like another couple of days. It's like, eh, it's kind of always like running in the background. So we're going to talk about how to actually optimize your energy during a launch so that you can continue to show up powerfully. I know so many business owners actually burn out either before their launch starts or in the middle of it and they just kind of like stop showing up, they stop talking about their offer, and then they don't get the results that they want. So it's time to actually partner with your energy instead of just trying to do what you've seen other people do that you think looks successful. It's time to actually find what works for you. Lastly, the last call that we're going to be talking about is copywriting. So, oh my God, improving my copywriting has seriously changed my life. I cannot recommend it anymore. We're going over all things hook, call to action, what to actually write in the body of your copy, and how to start turning those crickets into payment notifications. It's really common in the middle of a launch to get less engagement and to have less action and to just feel like, wow, is anybody even listening? But by improving your copywriting, you're actually going to be able to turn your audience from lookers into purchasers. People buy based off of emotion. And if you're going to be able to answer your audience's question of what's in it for me, then you're going to be able to make way more sales. You're going to be able to help way more people. I cannot stress enough to you how much improving copywriting will improve your business. It is that simple. So if you want to join me for four weeks of learning how to launch, learning how to work with your own unique energy flow and improving your copywriting. You can learn more using the link in the show notes. I have a paid in full option that is $333 or two monthly payments of $166.50. And another reminder that enrollment closes for this on the 4th of April. We get started on the 5th and the price goes up for this after the fourth. So if you want in, I'd recommend doing it sooner rather than later. Alrighty, let's start to dive into some questions for this podcast episode. 
And first up, we have the question of, tell us about your tattoos. Okay, I actually really love this question because I, for the longest time, I had always wanted tattoos. And it was definitely one of those, I mean, I grew up in the 90s, so it was like still pretty taboo. And my parents certainly don't like them. I mean, to this day, my mom's like, do you need to get any more? And I'm like, yeah, probably I do. But my first tattoo, so it was the one on my left forearm, which is now a half sleeve. Uh, this is actually, I had it redone twice. So this is like the third rendition of it. And eventually I hope to have a full sleeve, probably more like flowers or geometric type things um, all the way up to my shoulder. But my first tattoo was just like super simple. I actually drew it myself and it was like a little three peak mountain range, like literally just like three triangles with a band around it. So it actually went all the way around my forearm and then I got it added on to and I put some pine trees in there and some like hexagon honeycomb block things and I actually really hated it um I really hated that like second round that I got done on it and I was like nope I actually really want to cover this up so I ended up hiring my climbing coach's sister to design a tattoo for me she is a really really amazing textiles designer she does a lot of patterns and I just feel like she has such a good eye for things and she drew me a tattoo with a fox on it and it had this like beautiful mandala and I was like yep absolutely that, that, that's the tattoo that I want and then I actually had one of my friend's girlfriends tattoo it on me her name is Marie she is good juju tattoo out of Salt Lake City and she's fucking incredible. She is so good. Like being a tattoo artist, I'm pretty sure is her uh, life calling. She is so good at what she does. So we did three sessions on it and it was pretty painful by the wrist. Uh, definitely feels like you're getting tattooed directly onto the bone. Wouldn't necessarily recommend that if you don't like pain. Um, no, if you're particularly sensitive, I would maybe stray away from the wrist. But other than that, it really didn't hurt that much. And now I am mostly happy with it. I do want to continue the tattoo. It just feels kind of like the design I love. I think it is done really well. Like I can't see a single flaw in my tattoo. And there are so many lines. Marie spent so many hours on it, like so close, like hunched over tattooing this onto me. But I really do want it finished. And I just haven't necessarily found a good artist close to me in Leavenworth, uh, maybe Seattle or Portland. I just haven't found somebody yet that really jives with my style. So we'll see when I get that finished. And then other tattoos. So I have one on my sternum that Marie also did. And that one might be my favorite, actually. Like I really love the sternum tattoos. So this one actually does have a story behind it. So I have a birthmark uh, right where this tattoo is. And it is a relatively large birthmark, like probably a little bit smaller than a dime. But as a young kid, having a birthmark like right in the center of your chest, not cool, uh, especially like wearing swimsuits. And I always felt like I couldn't wear a two-piece swimsuit because I would get made fun of or kids would be mean to me and be like, what is that? Um, so I always just felt like super, super self-conscious of it. And I was like, you know what? Like, 
fuck it, I'm going to get tattooed over it. Like I, I heard from somewhere that you could tattoo over birthmarks and moles. And I was like, oh, I'm doing that. And I love it. I am absolutely obsessed. It did not hurt at all. I totally thought that it was going to be like extremely painful because I had heard that getting tattooed on your ribs was really painful. And I was like, well, this seems like an even more sensitive area. But honestly, I didn't feel a thing. And I love it so much. I feel like 110% more confident. Like that's the thing about tattoos. Like if it makes you feel better, I think you should do it. Like it's it's body modification. And the whole point is so that you like the skin that you're in, right? So for me, I am so happy that I actually like went through with that and got it done because it is definitely my favorite tattoo that I have. And then... Okay, so my last tattoos are, actually, no, I have two more. Whoops, I forgot. So I have a pair of fish on my left ankle, and this was actually supposed to be three fish. Uh, so I broke my ankle climbing, I think like six years ago, five or six years ago. It's been, it's been a while. And after that, so I have like a nice scar on the top of my foot because I had to get surgery and they had to, like my ankle wouldn't reduce, it wouldn't go back to its normal position without surgery. So thankfully I didn't have to get any screws or metal or plates or anything, but I wanted to get uh, tattoos there because that scar at the time, I was like, damn, this thing is like really, really like you can see it a lot. Like it's very visible. So I wanted to get the fish on there to kind of not like cover it up, but to take maybe a little bit of the attraction away. I haven't gotten this tattoo finished. So like, I don't care much about scars now, but like six years ago I did more so. And each of those fish were supposed to be for my siblings. I have three younger siblings and I always joke with like my youngest sister. I'm like, sorry, you just didn't make it onto the tattoo. Um, so now I just like kind of have two random fish. And this is one of the times where I'm like, yep, definitely learned my lesson on that one, where if you go to a cheap tattoo artist, you're going to get a cheap tattoo. And that is definitely a cheap tattoo. Do I love it 110%? No, but I actually don't really notice it on a daily basis and it is one of the ones where I am thinking about getting it covered up I just haven't like thought of the exact design that I want yet I haven't found the artist I have a lot of things that are kind of like work in progress um, that aren't necessarily like my biggest priority right now but they're kind of like percolating in the back of my head but I've got two fish there and then on the back of my right calf I actually which is so funny you know how people are like yeah don't get matching tattoos with your boyfriend yeah, that one's true. So I actually do have a matching tattoo um, with my ex and it is a desert scene. And one of my friends was just getting into tattooing like brand new apprentice, not even like accepting uh, clients yet, like did everything on a donation basis. And I just like really liked this design. It has a cactus, it has like a cattle skull and it's like this really like cute desert scene and it's in um, a, the shape of a diamond. So the scene is kind of like in the diamond diamond. And that's just on the back of my calf. That one actually hurt like a ton. I was really close to tapping out on that one. Like, I don't know what it is about that area. Like you think it'd be like not painful because it's really fleshy back there, but like I was in agony the entire time. So I have that on the back of my leg as well. And there are a couple lines in that, that need to be like filled in a little bit more because he was a newer tattoo artist. And um, I think just like kind of figuring it out how deep to go with the ink and everything, but I'm mostly happy with that one. Um, I definitely don't look at my calf very much, so it's not like the worst reminder in the world that I have a tattoo that matches with somebody. And 
I think it does also serve as a reminder that like, okay, yeah, going forward, I need to be like incredibly intentional about what I'm doing to my body. Not that I think in the past, like I always thought about like, well, I can just cover it up if I don't like it. And it's like, well, like, is that actually going to happen? Or are you going to be stuck with a tattoo that you don't necessarily love for like years on end because it's just not a priority for you to get it covered up? So it was a good wake up call that like, okay, I need to be like really focused on this and make sure that I absolutely love it before it goes on my body. So I have, yeah, four different tattoos and I do have an idea to get this like giant, it is pretty large, um, geometric kind of like shape on my right hip. Um, I have photos of it, um, kind of like similar to what I want, but again, just I like haven't found quite the right artist. So if you have an artist recommendation in Seattle or near me in Leavenworth, Washington, please let me know, ISO, in search of tattoo artist, uh, especially if they specialize in geometric designs. So love that question. Thank you for that. I feel like I haven't answered that one anywhere yet. And yeah, I do love tattoos. I definitely want more. I have a lot of piercings. Uh, so like, I think this is just like me still kind of like rebelling. Um, I'm the oldest of four kids and I feel like my parents were definitely the most strict on me. And then as my other siblings grew up, they were like more lax with them. So I think I'm still kind of in that phase of where I, like where I'm just going to like do what I want because I get to finally because I'm an adult and I get to make those decisions. So moving on to the next question, loved this question. How did I get Ollie? Okay, so Ollie is my very cute healer, chow, shepherd, neurotic little dog mix. Um, he is gonna be five this year. And so I always have loved dogs, always have loved dogs. Um, I was that kid when I was younger where I was like creating a PowerPoint and a presentation to like convince my parents to buy a dog. And at the time I was really obsessed with golden retrievers. And I was like, you know, creating like a, a pros and cons list of like, here's why we should get a dog. And here's why this is going to be beneficial to our family. And we did actually end up getting a golden retriever puppy. Her name was Sydney and she was fucking adorable. And ever since my parents have been obsessed with golden retrievers. So I'd like to attribute uh, that to me and my intense uh, drive and motivation as a child to <laughs> convince my parents to get a dog. But I just kind of like had this feeling like it was for a couple of weeks where I was like, just really intensely, I was like, I want a dog. Like, I was like, I really want a dog. Mind you, I really wasn't in the position to like have a dog. I was working like part-time at a gear shop and it was like, it wasn't, you know, there's never like the right time, but I just like felt this urge so strongly. I was like, I need a dog. And as one does, gets on Craigslist. And I was like, okay, let's just like look at puppies. Yeah, sure. I can look at puppies and not want to take one home. That's totally fine. That's like within my realm of capabilities. So of course I find this litter of puppies on there. There's like 13 puppies and there is one gold one, one gold one in a litter of like completely brown puppies. And I was like, that is my dog. That is my dog. So I called my partner at the time and I was like, we have to go look at these puppies. They're like 40 minutes away. I was living in Spokane at the time. And of course it's a Walmart parking lot. So I always joke that Ollie is my uh, Craigslist Walmart parking lot special. But we go and look at these puppies. And of course I like totally fall in love with him. And we end up paying the lady for Ollie. I think he was like $300, maybe like $350. And definitely the th best like $350 I've ever spent. But end up paying for him and he doesn't have a name and we like try on a couple of different names and I was like he's an ollie like definitely he's an ollie and I kid you not this dog was the cutest 
puppy, like the absolute cutest puppy. He is still a very cute dog, but that is the story of how I got him. I actually like just really knew, like I swear to God, this dog found me and I am so thankful that he did because he has been the perfect little adventure buddy. And I did actually end up being able to bring him to work with me at the gear shop, which was awesome because we spent so much time together during his first year of life. Like it was like, we were hanging out like 24 seven, like he'd come to work with me and he was in a kennel in the break room. And then we would get to like run around on my breaks and then we would go home and play some more. So we have like a super strong connection, a super strong bond. And I'm really proud of how it's turned out because he has really great recall. He listens, I would say like 85, 90% of the time. Um, he doesn't like kids though, which is really unfortunate. He, I must, something must've happened when I like wasn't paying attention where some kid like pulled on his tail or like came at him because he definitely like barks at kids as like a warning of like, hey, uh, you need to stay away from me. But that is the story of how I got Ollie. And then I got really uh, curious on his breeding because he's a very unique looking dog. He looks like a fox. Uh, he's very cute. It's like, I just haven't seen any other dogs look like him before. He's very unique. So I got his DNA tested and that's when I found out that he was Chow Healer, I think uh, a little bit of Shepherd and then Aussie. So basically he's just my uh, Craigslist Walmart mutt special and I love him to death. Excuse me, did I hear you say you want a glowing skin, longer, more full hair? and to be more resistant to injury? Or is that just me? No, I know it can't just be me. And I have been loving this product lately. I've talked about it on the podcast before, Organifi Glow. So this is plant-based, made for natural collagen support. So after the age of 30, which is really fucking unfortunate, but after the age of 30, we start to decline in what we produce for collagen. Collagen is the thing that makes our skin feel plump and elastic and shiny and glowy. It's also the thing that makes our hair grow and is the thing that when you're working out, you're actually breaking down more tissue. So we need to be able to regenerate this. I absolutely love Organifi Glow because it tastes like a pink gummy bear. I know that sounds a little bit weird, but it tastes like a pink gummy bear. I love taking it hot. And I know that I'm getting in extra collagen support. So this is not the same thing as collagen. It does not have collagen in it, but it has the things like vitamin C that we need in order to make collagen. Organifi Glow has coconut water powder. It has tremella mushroom, which is also known as the beauty mushroom. This is a medicinal mushroom, not a psychoactive mushroom. It also has rose hips, which are great for vitamin C as well, and pomegranate extract. I like to have a cup of this mid-morning to signal to my brain that like, hey, it's time to like start diving into things. I am really big lately into using cues and habit stacking. So I make my cup of Organifi Glow and then I know it's time to get into my creative writing. I put on my one specific Binaural Beats track that is really great for focus and I dive in and I get so much content done in just a span of 15 to 20 minutes. I absolutely love it. And I have really seen so much benefit in my hair, my skin, my nails all of the things by using this because you can take as much external collagen as you want. I'm about to turn 32, so I know my collagen is in decline, which is really sad, but if you don't have enough vitamin C, it isn't going to make a difference. You have to make sure that you have the vitamin C along with the collagen. So this is why it's so great for collagen support. If you want to try out some Organifi Glow, you can use my discount code 
expand for 15% off. All you have to do is go to Organifi.com. That's Organifi with an I, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com and use the code expand, E-X-P-A-N-D to get 15% off Glow or any of their other incredible products. I am obsessed with Harmony. It is a hormone balancing hot chocolate and it is so fucking good. I love to use it as a nightcap. I also have been really obsessed with their protein powder lately as well. I really, really love the vanilla one. It is a plant-based protein powder and it's the only one that I've found that doesn't taste like dirt. If you end up ordering Glow, be sure to tag me on Instagram and use the hashtag gummy bear water. I'm totally gonna make it a thing. <laughs> it really does. It like tastes like a pink gummy bear. It's so delicious. It has notes of lemon and raspberry and I know you're absolutely gonna love it. So next question that I want to answer is, how do I balance work creating my own content and versus doing fun things like Netflix, climbing, podcasting, et cetera? So this is such a good question, especially during this time of year right now, because it is spring and it is climbing season. And I know I've talked about this on the podcast a lot, but a huge reason why I started my business in the first place was so that I could have more free time so that I could go climbing when I wanted to. And I mean, that's also a huge reason I live in Leavenworth. Like climbing is such a big part of my life. And it is shifting to a time period now where I can actually go do that a little bit more. So I actually do tend to work a little bit more in the winter and in the summer. And then in the spring and fall, I like to have a little bit more free time to go climbing because that is something that like really brings me so, so much joy. And it's just a big part of my life. So in terms of like balancing work and life, I do think that the word balance is like, I don't know. It For me, I'm like, it keeps us on a hamster wheel kind of like always trying to achieve it. I think sometimes it's like you turn the dial up on one thing and turn the dial down on other things. So like right now I'm turning the dial up on play and I'm turning the dial down on work. And that's just how it works for me. So for me, in terms of like a week, what ends up happening is I do only take client calls two days a week. So Monday mornings and then most of the day on Wednesday. So everything that is client related, podcast related gets scheduled on those days, whether that is coaching calls, energy healing sessions, whatever it is, goes on Monday mornings and Wednesdays. And then I have Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday to do other things, whether that is climbing, whether that is working. Um, sometimes I really do like taking a day in the middle of the week to go climbing and not work. And that feels better for me. Um, and then sometimes it's opposite. Sometimes people want to climb on the weekends and I'm like, okay, great. I'll get my work done during the week, like a normal human being, but it really depends on what I feel like doing. I wish I had a better answer than that, but honestly, if I don't feel like doing it, it's not going to get done. Like there's just an absolute 0% chance that I will do something that I don't want to do. That has been a maybe a struggle and a blessing my entire life. Like I am just such a, <laughs> such a party pooper. Like if I don't want to do something, it's just like, yeah, I should, I should figure out a way to uh, outsource that or not do it or whatever it is. And for creating content, it has really worked for me lately to sit down and do more than one thing. I don't want to go as far as to say batching because that like just like puts this sour taste in my mouth but I like to create more than one reel at a time I like to create more than one post at a time and more than one email at a time and I really let the inspiration hit and then I let myself write as much as I need to typically the writing is the thing that takes up the most time um that and also finding ideas for reels like I find myself just like scrolling on reels for like a good chunk of time like an hour before I get an idea which I know is probably not like the best use of my time, but 
you know what, we're in a learning phase right now. I committed to doing more reels and I feel like I've been doing a great job at that. But for creating content, I really just like let myself write for as long as I feel like it. You know when the inspiration is just like coming out and it's like flowing out of you and then you kind of come to a natural stop. I let that be enough. And however many posts I get done, like the other day, I think on Thursday, yeah, Thursday I got done. Uh, I wrote like four posts and two emails and like created two reels. And I was like, damn, I'm on fire. But I don't expect that to be my everyday. And generally that ends up happening when I have more free space and time in my schedule. Just hint, hint. When you actually have open space, that's when you can get a lot more things done because you're in the feminine, you're in the receiving, you're letting that creativity flow, you're letting that inspiration come in. And it is a lot more difficult for me to do those types of things on days that I have calls. It's really like switching between energy types a lot. Like I am in my masculine when I'm coaching, I am, you know, like being very receptive and very present. And then to like switch to something like creating content would, it's just like super hard to do that. I did that a lot in my first couple years of business and it ended up just making me feel like really tired and my writing wasn't very good TBH, but now I feel like it's a lot better because I actually give it the time and attention that it needs and I allow it to be a really like special thing that I create a relationship with and I focus on a lot. So in terms of like work-life balance, I think I'm probably always working on it. Uh, one thing lately for me that has been a non-negotiable is I just need so much fucking sleep lately. Like, honestly, I go to bed at 9.30 and I wake up at like seven and sometimes I'm like, yeah, I could actually sleep more. Um, I've talked about this on the podcast, but I went through a period of time in the summer where I just like really wasn't sleeping, um, going through a rough time with the breakup and everything. And it was like five, six months of getting like five hours of sleep a night. So I think I'm like catching up on that now. And just also like with it being climbing season, I'm just a little bit more physically tired. And one thing that I've really, really been remembering lately is how much it makes me tired to be physically active and also like running a business. Like it might not seem like those two things are being drawn from the same pool, but they are like your physical energy is also your mental energy. So for me, if I go climbing in the morning and then I expect myself to work in the afternoon, I'm kind of brain dead and that's not necessarily going to work for me. So I usually have to flip flop it. I usually have to do my work stuff in the morning and then go out and climb a little bit later in the day. And a lot of the times, not going to lie, like I like having an entire day where I'm just focused on climbing. Like I'm recording this on a Sunday. And yesterday, Saturday, I went out and climbed all day and I did not do a single work thing and it was fucking awesome and it was exactly what I needed in order to dive into work today and like feel really good about it. Also, I need rest days from climbing. So like I need to be doing other things, but the thing that I had have to remember the most is like, I can't be burning the candle on all ends, right? Like I can't be like trying to hustle really hard inside my business. And then also like physically pushing myself a lot because I am just going to end up burning out. I'm going to end up feeling exhausted. And then it takes even longer to come back from that. So I really do highly prioritize joy in my life. Like that's the thing that you have to remember, especially as a business owner. Like if you're not happy, like what is the point of any of it? So if I would say like prioritize doing the fun things and then let the content come from that. Prioritize your joy. Allow yourself to actually follow your joy and you're gonna feel so much more inspired. You're gonna feel so much more creative and you're gonna feel so much better when you actually sit down to do your work. And then lastly, on this topic, I would make your work activities as fun as you possibly can. Like if you don't actually like doing it, why are you doing it? This is this is a question that I ask myself a lot. And 
for me, when in my business, I fucking love podcasting. I love writing. I love being on stories. I love coaching. So those are the things that I do. I don't force myself to do things that I don't like. I mean, there is some of that. Like I am really trying to force myself to create reels, but that I know I don't like because I just think that I'm not good at it and it's hard to like want to do something that you know you're not good at, but also the solution to get better at it is to do it. So I'm working through that. So there is, you know, an element of like making sure that you are calling yourself out on your own BS, but also like if you truly don't like it, like I was talking to my boyfriend about this the other day and I was like, I don't, I couldn't just rock climb. I couldn't just only do that. I have this deep seated need to create something in the world. I need to make an impact. I need to help people. And the medium through which I do that is coaching. And in order for people to know about my coaching, I need to market. So Therefore, marketing is fun to me because I want to coach people. It's fun to me because I have this deep desire to make a big impact in the world. And that's why it is so important to me to do this. So I think for me, it's just understanding at the end of the day, like I... I'm multifaceted. I really like rock climbing, but I also really like working. Like that's not saying I want to work a ton, but it is important for me to make an impact. And the way that I do that, at least currently, is through my coaching. So that's a little bit on like my work-life quote balance. And I mean, I just, I'm not going to lie. I like highly prioritize my joy. Like I do a lot of things for myself every single day, every single week. And it makes my work that much more enjoyable because I put myself first. So next question is kind of along the same vein, and it's what does your day-to-day look like? What's a day in the life? Love this question. And I was actually thinking about this before I hopped on to record this podcast episode, and I was like, are they going to love this answer? Because my answer is like, well, no two days are the same, but I do have some like similar elements within each day, and even more so, like I used to think that I needed to be this like hugely structured person, and... I used to, I mean, every day in my life used to look exactly the same. And as I started my business and then started like tuning in more with my own natural energy and learning more about feminine energy and my human design and I don't know, honestly, like I've just gotten a lot less strict. Like I no longer feel the need to wake up and do like the world's hardest workout and then eat breakfast and then, you know, do other things. Like I'm just like so much more chill now. Like I, my day to day, right now as it stands. And, you know, keep in mind that this does change um, depending on if I feel like working or if I don't feel like working. But typically what ends up happening is I wake up, I drink coffee, I meditate during that, I pull some cards, I eat breakfast, which, okay, my breakfast is the same thing every single morning. I will not lie about that one. It is eggs and then peanut butter oatmeal because I'm obsessed with it and I don't want to make a ton more decisions during my day. I'll do that. And then while I'm eating breakfast, I actually like to listen to a course on business, whether that is human design, astrology, money mindset, um, copywriting. There's a lot of been, um, or there's been a lot of things that I've been really interested in lately and learning about. And that seems to be a really good time for me to just like sit down and learn about things. So that's typically about 30 minutes to an hour. And after that, I'll start getting ready. So usually I'll like continue listening to the course while I'm doing my hair, doing my makeup, and then A lot of the times in the mornings, if it's before noon, I'll either go and do a workout or I'll do some content creation if I feel like it. I really like having the beginning part of the day for me. Like I typically don't um, start or dive into any work things until... Uh, probably like right around lunch. And that's been pretty standard for me for the last, uh, 
quite a while, actually. Like I just, I really like having that earlier part of the day for me. And then I'll do work stuff from about one to five-ish. And then I'll kind of shut everything down and then start thinking about like, what do I want to do for dinner? Uh, and then start like winding down for the night. Sometimes I'll like watch Netflix or take a bath or do some mobility work. I've been doing some more yoga lately because my lower back has been like very, very tight because I've been sitting on an exercise bench. Wouldn't recommend sitting on an exercise bench as my chair for my office because I just like haven't prioritized getting an office chair yet, but I do really need to because it is kind of killing my back. So I've been doing some more like wind down stuff like that, hanging out with the boyfriend. We've been playing this amazing game called Wingspan. It is all about birds. It is super duper fun. If you haven't heard of it yet, or maybe if you have and you haven't played yet, highly recommend. It is, you get to learn about birds while you're playing this game. And it is not like super cutthroat competitive. It's more just like fun. So that's why I really like it because I can get really competitive during games. So that's kind of like the general flow of my day. And then other days, honestly, like I completely rebel against that and I do nothing. Like I generally like meditation is a non-negotiable for me, but sometimes like yesterday, like I just went climbing and that was like all I did during the day. And that was like, <laughs> that was all I wanted to do. And it was, I was okay with that. And that's exactly what I needed in the moment. And I think for me, allowing more of the fluidity and allowing more of the flexibility is really helpful. And I sometimes find myself wondering like, what happened to me? Why don't I, why am I not able to like hold structures much lately? And I'm like, you know what? I actually think that this is a good thing because I'm a lot happier. I feel like I'm a lot more able to go with the flow and I'm more responsive than reactive now. So as long as I have my non-negotiables, which are sleep, meditation, and then also like being outside, like that is definitely something that I have to do every day. I have to be outside. It's been really sunny in Washington lately, which has been amazing. So getting as much sun on my skin as possible. And then everything else, I kind of just like plug in here and there. To wrap this question up, something that I will say has been really helpful for me has been learning when I am the most productive. So for me, that happens to be like 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. So I block that off as my work time. I tend to get a lot of stuff done between then. And one thing that I know that I really dislike is waking up and working immediately, which is really easy to get into when you're a business owner because you're like, yeah, my to-do list is never ending. But if I start waking up and like serving other people, I feel so depleted the rest of the day. So I really try to focus on myself in the beginning of the day and then serving others towards the end of the day. And that has worked really, really well for me. And then also having like a definite shut off period of time. I don't want to be working till 7, 8, 9 p.m., which I easily would because I love what I do. And it's most of the time it's like really fun. But if I get into that habit, then I stop like sleeping really well. And then I'm waking up at like three in the morning because my cortisol's off because I have blue light like way too late into the day. And it just kind of turns into like a negative snowball. So having a specific cutoff time has worked really well. And for me, like after dinner, like I'm, I'm pretty useless. Like I'm so tired at that point. So I just like usually allow myself to go to bed pretty early and then wake up naturally, which has been really great. And that's generally right now what things have been looking like. So last question that I'll answer on today's episode is what does your training routine look like at the moment? Ooh, love this question. So for those of you that didn't know, this was, and I started out as a climbing coach. So the first, I think like hundred episodes of this podcast are more climbing related. They're focused on training and nutrition and mindset and hormone balancing all to optimize your athletic performance. So as I mentioned in this episode, I still climb a lot and 
I've been climbing for 14 years, which is honestly a really long time. That's like almost half my life at this point, but I absolutely love it. And I really have approached this in work and life and <laughs> athletic performance, this less is more mentality. So I am still training right now. And what that looks like is two strength training uh, sessions a week. So deadlift, bench, overhead press, and then some light hangboarding. So hanging by my fingers. For those of you that aren't sure what a hangboard is, it is a training tool for rock climbing that you use to get your fingers stronger. It has like these little edges that you can hang off of. So I do that twice a week as well. And then I usually throw in a couple of core workouts. And honestly, I feel pretty good with that because it is also climbing season. It has been something where I'm just shifting my focus more to climbing performance. And I do like to upkeep my training while I am in outdoor season mode. But also if I do too much, then I just end up getting exhausted and it feels really hard to recover. So instead of stopping altogether, I just like to reduce the volume and reduce the, the frequency that I'm doing. So really just like strength training. Also, I've been route setting one day a week. So I, at a local gym here, I actually go and I put up routes and that's been really fun. It's been like a really great creative endeavor for me to get back into that. It's been about five years since I have done that. And that was my previous career path in life was working at gyms. And that's been really great. So that's kind of like what I'm doing right now. And then if it is a particularly nice day, I will go on a run. Um, do I love running? No. Do I love being outside? Definitely. And I also really like it when Ollie gets exercise. So that one for me, I used to like force myself to run like three to four times a week. And I just like honestly can't anymore. Like it's just... Running's okay. It's definitely not my favorite. Um, I do like doing sprints, like sprints on a track. Hell fucking yeah. Like for some reason, also if I can get somebody to like time me so I can see if I'm getting faster every sprint, like that is so fun to me. But like just going out and slogging and like just running for an indefinite amount of time, super not my favorite thing. Um, so that one's a little bit more weather dependent. And for the most part, I've just been like hauling around really heavy uh, crash pads and equipment to go climb. And I feel like that's like keeping me in shape. So it's looking pretty minimal right now. But for the most part, the strength training is kind of like my base. That is something that I don't like to stop doing because if I stop deadlifting, if I stop benching, it like goes away so fast. And I just feel not like weaker, but like a little bit more injury prone. Like I feel more bulletproof when I am deadlifting and benching. And it just like makes me feel more confident all around. Uh, it makes me feel like I can handle things, makes me feel like a multifaceted athlete. And I love the way that it makes me feel lifting, you know, like 200 plus pounds off the ground. You're like, yeah, like hell yeah. Like I feel, <laughs> I feel good about that. And that leaks into every other area of my life very positively. So thank you everyone for sending in these questions. And again, I will do a round two because I got about six more questions. So so for a follow-up, I'll do the other six questions. This was amazing. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This is giving me something to be invited to, right? So it's like, you're inviting me to talk about these topics and this feels so effortless for me rather than always trying to like rack my brain of like, what do people want to listen to? Like, honestly, some of my favorite episodes are just listening to my favorite podcast hosts talk about their lives and getting to know them on a deeper basis. So thank you for allowing me to do the same on this podcast. 
I appreciate you so much. Thank you for being here. If you haven't yet left a rating and a review and want to absolutely make my day and go do that, I would be so, so thankful. I can't wait to show you the new branding, announce the new podcast name, and show you the new music very, very soon. I know I've been saying that for a while, but it's in the works. It's coming. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you next episode. Thank you.